With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Hockey News Action Show presented by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I am Mike Stevens. This is Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great. Rested, refreshed. We are here with an action show. This is going to be great. Let's set the stage for a very jam-packed um, slate of NHL games here. Let's start off right away with the Blue Jackets versus the Rangers, depleted Blue Jackets group. Um, you know, that's way out of the playoff picture versus a Rangers team that just clinched. Yeah, so it's interesting, right? The Rangers and the Leafs both idle yesterday, clinched, and you kind of start to wonder, especially um, more so Toronto, they're kind of locked into their playoff spot. Are they going to start resting players? But Columbus coming into tonight's game, missing obviously Jake Bean, Nick Blankenberg, Zach Wierenski, Patrick Laine, Elvis Merzlinkins, um, and Eric Goodbranson. Uh, their goalies right now are John Gillies and Michael Hutchinson. Uh, that is not great. Um, it's a rough lineup. And specifically on the back end, um, their top pair is Gavin Bayreuther and Andrew Peak, And I expect that inexperienced decor to really struggle against the New York Rangers forwards. I mean, we've seen how good the forwards are and how talented they are. I think this could be a recipe for disaster for Columbus. Yeah, this is this is going to be a very difficult game. <laughs> like they are depleted. The only thing, like you said, that can save them is uh, is the Rangers resting guys or basically just trying fifty percent because uh, they don't want to hurt anybody. Um, Ryan Lindgren uh, will be a game time decision, as you said. New York is sixty four percent on the money line. That is uh, yeah. pretty. Yeah, that's pretty lopsided. Yeah, and I honestly I thought it was going to be more just because of how depleted Columbus is. Um, but I think this is sort of one of those things where um, I factored in Halak as the potential starter. We don't know who's starting, but I mean, when you're playing Columbus and you clearly need to be resting Igor Shosturkin, um to get him ready for the playoffs, I think he is somebody that may get a few starts here in the last seven or so games. So for me, I look at that. I think there's still value on the Rangers, um, even at one and a half. They seem to sort of be figuring it out lately, and Columbus is very much not. So for me, I look at this, and I think this is a great opportunity. If you want to include the Rangers in a money line parlay, you can do that, or you can take them in regulation time. There are a lot of options here, but I do think the Rangers come out on top tonight. Yeah, I, 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 that's not a uh, not a controversial thing to say there. I, I think <laughs> it's a hot take. Hot take. All right, let's go to Montreal and Philadelphia. Obviously, two teams that are well outside the playoff picture here. Uh, the only difference is, is that Montreal, uh, a they're they're on a back to back, and and b they are just ravaged with injuries right now, which also could present an interesting uh, sort of case for a bunch of young guys uh, to step up and play. But it seems like uh, things are things are not great for Montreal, at least from an immediacy standpoint here. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where Montreal and Philadelphia are jockeying for a spot in the Bedard sweepstakes. Montreal did beat Buffalo. Super entertaining game last night, actually. Um, Michael Pizzetta doing the Tiger Williams celebration in the shootout was extremely funny. I'm so here for it. Um, But as you pointed out, Montreal's 
very injury depleted, right? No Cole Caulfield, no Josh Anderson. Um, like those are, those are two pretty big pieces for them. Um, but guys are stepping up. You look at Alex Belziel, Raphael Harvey Pennard had a hat trick the other night. Um, Mike Matheson, I, he's had a complete resurgence. Um, that guy has been absolutely fantastic for Montreal. And Nick Suzuki, um, he's got 10 points in his last five games. I expect that against Philadelphia, he's going to continue to put up um, some numbers here. I would take him to get at least one point. Um, I think he's been really good for Montreal. And Montreal is on that back-to-back, like you mentioned, and they did travel. So even though my model has Montreal at 55% on the money line, I'm not inherently sure that that is something um, that I would be taking just because we'd have to factor in the fact that they played last night and there's travel. Makes a lot of sense. Um, all right, let's let's talk. Uh, let's let's talk. Maybe a little shot prop here, if you will. You said Mike Matheson. Yeah. So Mike Matheson. Um, I've been running what's called the um, McMatheson parlay, um, and basically that's Jared McCann, Drake Batherson, and Mike Matheson, um, all to get three shots, and it's hit. I think I'm like six and two in the last eight times I've run it. Mike Matheson has been extremely consistent of late shooting the puck. And so for me, over two and a half shots at minus 140 is a no-brainer. Um, sometimes he even gets four shots if you want to ladder that. I really like that play. It's one of my favorite ones of late. Absolutely. Um, and I, and here, Montreal, 55% of the money line. Yay or nay? I'd stay away from it. Okay. Okay, I will. All right, Nashville and Boston. Nashville suffering a bit of a tough defeat at the hands of the Maple Leafs on uh, Sunday, whereas Boston, they are just, they're just rolling. They're having, they're having a ball here. Um, uh, now, Boston is resting players, but as it says here, uh, Linus Allmark uh, will be starting, you know, the, pers- the prospective Vesna winner. Um, so that's big. Meanwhile, Nashville is missing uh, a ton of players, two of their best, really, in Yossi Forsberg and also Ron Johansson and uh, Matt Duchesne. That's a huge chunk of their roster. Uh, these could be two sort of, I guess, depleted teams playing each other. It just happens to be the one that seems to be better than the other. Yeah, and Boston's got a chance to clinch the President's Trophy tonight, which mm. is crazy to be saying in March. That's usually something that happens in the last week of uh, the regular season. And so that'll kind of give you an idea of just how insanely good Boston's been this year. Um, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, Hampus Lindholm all missed last game. They were banged up. They are expected to play tonight. They were taking power play and penalty kill reps. Um, so I do expect them to play. One interesting wrinkle to note, though, is that David Posternock was moved to power play two with Dimitri Orlov taking his flank spot on power play one. I wonder if they're trying to get Pasternak more shooting opportunities, given that um, there are a lot more shooters on that top power play unit. Maybe they just want to isolate Pasternak. He's a talented enough shooter um, on that flank that he can score no matter if they know it's coming or not. And so that's an interesting wrinkle for me. Um, But like you said, Nashville's missing Yossi Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne, they traded Niederreiter. Like their top line center is Cody Glass right now, and he has been playing well. Mm. But we're talking about a team that is in an absolute tooth and nail fight for the playoffs. And they're basically riding with UC Soros and and his merry men at this Mm. point. And so that is uh, alarming. Um, And so for me, like, I think this this might be a lopsided game should Boston uh, dress a, a proper lineup. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's tough. It's a 61% Boston money line. I mean, we say yay or nay on that. 
Uh, I say yay. I think that should be probably closer to like 75 or 80. Um, I'd even look it at Boston at minus one and a half. But the only thing that scares me there is UC Soros. So if you're really looking for value and you don't want to take a huge risk, taking Boston to win in regulation might be the play here. Well, there you go. All right. Tampa Bay and Carolina, two teams that are in interesting spots right now because Carolina, you know, they're missing two uh, very important players in, in Patriot and Sveshnikov. They're both out for the year. They will not have them uh, in the playoffs or to end the regular season. Whereas Tampa, you know, they're, they're a fully healthy team, but they look extremely tired and they've been playing really, really bad lately. Um, there does seem to be, uh, the, on paper, these could be, this looks to be somewhat of an even matchup, but there's a lot of context at play here. Yeah, I think you pointed it out perfectly there, right? So the Canes without Shvechnikov, that's a huge blow, right? They've been without Pacioretty for the majority of the season. They've, they've been really good without him. But mm. losing Shvechnikov was a big blow. You're going to need somebody to fill that role. On the flip side, Tampa is one of the only fully healthy teams in the league, and they look awful. Um, I'm not really sure sort of what it is. It doesn't seem like Cooper's message is going stale. I think this could be that they've had four really, really long seasons. And, and that takes a toll on the body when you're playing hockey for 10 months of the year. And it, specifically April, May, and June, that's three months of really taxing hockey. I think that's at play here. And I think we're seeing that start to creep up in guys like Hedman, Vasilevsky, Kucherov, Stamkos, Point. Uh, so for me, they just, it's, Tampa's in a bit of a weird spot here. But in light of the Carolina Hurricanes injuries, Sebastian Ajo and Martin Nichash have been absolutely fantastic for Carolina. And so uh, for me, I look at them to record points tonight. I think that they're sort of um, the players that, that Tampa needs to key in on if, if they want to win tonight. That's leading scorer, Martin Nichash. Like he's been playing incredible. He's their leading scorer. It's amazing. Now, and to think, think he was on the third line last year. <laughs> yeah, he was. He he almost didn't like. He didn't sign until pretty late. Like they bridged him. Like it was. Yeah. It was looking. It was looking perilous there. Now he's leading the team in scoring. Now, I know you could you could invo evoke your model all you want, Rachel. You could put the put the math numbers here. Uh, just my gut is telling me it's the Tanner Geno curse. Um, yeah, just, it all I mean... it all went down since they got Tanner Geno. It's all his fault. <laughs> I don't know that I blame Tanner Geno, but the other thing is, is so Carolina is 61% on the money line. Uh, Carolina is the better team. They're playing better hockey right now. I would lean towards them to win, but I still find it just incredibly hard to bet against Vasilevsky on a game to game basis, especially mm. because I have seen him outplay Frederick Anderson on numerous occasions. We've seen a lot of goalies uh, play Frederick Anderson on numerous occasions, <laughs> usually in the playoff. Um, all right. Let's move on to Pittsburgh and Detroit. Again, one team that is just fighting, like you said, tooth and nail to keep their playoff hopes alive. Uh, another one that is basically just riding off into the offseason, hoping to be you know, a, a much more improved team next season. But Pittsburgh is dealing with some, some injuries. They got Dmitry Kulikov, Marcus Patterson, and Jan Ruda all out. So that's you know half of their top six. And on top of that, uh, Jeff Petrie is a game-time decision. So that could be four of their top six defensemen um, not playing. This, uh, you know, meanwhile, on the other side, Detroit has Ben Schrott, Robbie Fabry, uh, Vili Huso, and Philip Zina all not playing. This is, these are like, yeah, but when we get to this time of the year, everyone's banged up. Um, yeah, everybody's broken pretty much, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And this is, but this is a matchup here where one team is just trying to drag themselves in the playoffs against all odds, and another team is just kind of playing with house money. They don't really care. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point, right? Steve Eiserman saw his team lose twice to Ottawa in the span of about 27 hours and said, that's enough, and yep, traded a bunch of dudes. Um, but like you mentioned, I mean, Jeff Petrie's a game-time decision. That is extremely important. Obviously, Chris Letang mans their top power play unit, as he should. Mm-hmm. Um, but having Jeff Petrie there uh, is super important. Um, and and missing guys like Marcus Pedersen and Jan Ruda are that that's a bit of an issue. Um, now Pittsburgh is sixty four percent on the money line. Like you pointed out, they're desperate. Um, they need to get in. They're battling with the Panthers and the Islanders. Um, the Panthers look like got kicked last night, and they're coming in to play the Leafs tomorrow. This is an opportunity for Pittsburgh to kind of gain some ground. And I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh, but. Sidney Crosby of Getty Malkin and Chris Letang have been absolutely excellent, and pretty much everyone else has been terrible for them. So they're for the me, three I'm, guys, they're dragging their team into the playoffs. They're trying to do all they can. Yeah, they're going to get in. Like, remember a couple years ago when Edmonton was just awful and McDavid was like, no, we're going in. We're getting in the playoffs. That's pretty much what's happening here. But I do like the matchup of Ricard Raquel here. Buffalo, I sorry, Buffalo. Detroit gives up a ton of shots. Um, to right wingers and Raquel actually has been a little bit better of late and he's getting more opportunities on the power play playing with Balkan and so I like him to go over two and a half shots and I do like Pittsburgh to win here they if this is a desperation sort of situation for them and they've got three guys who are leading the charge that know how to win basically if you can't win this game against a team missing all the pieces that Detroit is um with your playoff hopes on the line, basically. You don't deserve to make the dance. So this really is a must-win game for them. Um, All right, Vancouver and St. Louis. This is the tank battle. Vancouver is basically in the process of eliminating themselves from the uh, Bedard sweepstakes. They almost, they are getting to the point where they might have a 0% chance of of getting Bedard, which is pretty nuts. Um, Meanwhile, JT Miller's been on (laughs) Yeah, it, it just it's not great. Uh, JT Miller's beat being on a, on a heater. St. Louis is uh, they're 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 getting some key contributions from guys like Jacob Brana and you know like some people who could potentially factor into who they are next year. But like you said, this is a tank battle. These are two teams that are would be best uh, I guess best served to lose. Yeah, and it doesn't help Vancouver's case that Thatcher Demko has come back and looked like Vesna Thatcher Demko. No. Um, He's an absolutely fantastic goalie when he's on top of his game. He's probably a top six, seven goalie in the league. Um, but this is a key tank battle. Like you pointed out, uh, both St. Louis and Vancouver are in this precarious position where um, Vancouver is playing so well of late that they're almost, they've caught St. Louis um, and they're creeping up on other teams now. And and that's problematic because um the best thing that Vancouver can do to be better next year is to get a top end player in this draft. But you look at this Vancouver's favorite to win. And that is <clears throat> basically Thatcher Demko. Um, he's, he just outdueled D- Jake Ottinger. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic. And so I look at this and I go, Vancouver's favored. JT Miller has 11 points in his last six games. He's been playing really well offensively. Elias Pettersson is Elias Pettersson. Quinn Hughes is Quinn Hughes. That guy to get an assist is an automatic bet for me pretty much every single night. You'll win more than you lose. And so I look at this, and and you pointed out that the Blues are getting great contributions from Jacob Verana and Justin Falk. Um, and so for me, I think it's almost like an audition here for some of the Blues, whereas in Vancouver, they're really trying to iron out 
what they want to be and build habits towards next year. Whereas I think St. Louis is more of an evaluation period. So I look at this and we don't know if we're getting Bennington or Hofer. Um, Joel Hofer has been really good for St. Louis. Jordan Bennington has uh, not. So if it's Thatcher Demko versus Jordan Bennington, I will be recommending a play on the Vancouver Canucks here. I just think the combination of them playing well with Demko playing well and St. Louis not being all that well put together right now, I think is a recipe for, for a Canucks win tonight. Um, and so that's kind of how I would play that. Dallas and Chicago. I mean, look, this is, these are two teams at the opposite ends of the spectrum here. Um, there's no Mason Marchman for Dallas tonight, although it doesn't like, I'm not sure how much that really impacts him considering the year he's had. Whereas uh, there's no, obviously no Jonathan Taves, uh, no Kurashev and no Blackwell for uh, Chicago. Dallas is the overwhelming favorite here. Um, they, you know, they basically they're they're in in the process of getting their their playoff hopes or I guess their playoff push sort of locked up. They look ready for uh, they look ready for meaningful hockey, and this is not that. Yeah, Dallas is coming off a tough three one loss to Vancouver. Um, they're now third in their division, and they were leading it for yeah. quite a bit of time. So both them and Winnipeg have kind of uh, stumbled here a little bit, and Colorado is being Colorado, which is what we expected, and Minnesota's really picked it up, but. I mean, what are we talking about here, right? You've got five teams in the East that have clinched a playoff spot. Not a single team in the West has clinched yet. But Dallas kind of looks like one of those teams that that is going to get there um, pretty soon. And they're playing Chicago, who very much is in the tank battle uh, for one of the top-end forwards. And so I expect this to be a Dallas money line win, minus one and a half, probably two. Um, you look and... Chicago has struggled to defend all year long. That's not a surprise. Um, it is Max Domi's return. And so I wonder um, a point prop on him might be something fun that you can take. But something to point out for Dallas, Miro Haskinen has 20 points in his last 13 games. He is red hot right now. And so he's somebody I would be taking to get a point all day long. He's racking up the assists. That's something I would look to bet on. He's the most underrated, in my opinion, he's the most underrated player in the league. No one talks about him, and he is up there with those elite defensemen. He's amazing. He is absolutely one of the most underrated players in the league. You are totally right. Thank you. Um, all right, Los Angeles Kings and Calgary Flames. Again, uh, you know, two teams that are not on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Calgary is obviously still fighting tooth and nail for their playoff hopes. This is a desperation game for them. Um, they will they will be without uh, Shillington, Chris Tanev, and Michael Stone tonight. Um, but L.A. is, I mean, we just – finished talking about on the THM pod. They're just such a fun team. They are, you know, they just seem to have something that is just very, very good, very special. Whereas Calgary just seems to be fighting themselves every night. Yeah. So one thing I want to point out, cause I believe it's important is it's pride night in Calgary tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and the jerseys are absolutely awesome. And Daryl Sutter coming out and saying that he would welcome an openly queer player on his team is the type of energy we need. Rasmus Anderson has been very vocal and very publicly um, an ally. I believe somebody in his family is part of the community. So I expect a big inspired game from him tonight. I would take him to probably get a point, maybe a couple of shots. Um, You mentioned the defensemen that are missing for Calgary. I think Rasmus Anderson is going to play a key role here. And if Calgary is going to win and, and kind of get back in, they are favored by my model tonight. I think it's a little bit closer then my model has it just because the Calgary goaltending has been wildly inconsistent. Um, Mm -hmm. But you do wonder if there's going to be some inspired play here when you combine the pride night with 
Um, so motivated players, as well as the fact that they really, this is a must win game for Calgary. And so um, there are a few players that, that definitely need to step up for them. And then you, and speaking of players, you have two guys on, you know, opposite ends of the ice here that are, uh, they're, they're pretty hot and they can factor into some props. Yeah. So Victor Arvidsson has been fantastic for LA. He's got seven points in his last three games played. Uh, that's a lot. And he's kind of doing it in a role where he's getting um, some lesser matchups and he's, he's really thriving off of it. And so I look at him in, with Calgary missing the defenseman that they're missing. He's probably going to get a little bit lighter of a matchup. And I look for him to continue that hot streak over two and a half shots as well, I think is a great spot. And Tyler Toffoli, he's been performing really well for Calgary lately. 11 points in his last six games. So despite the fact that Calgary is kind of in this playoff hunt because the team's not playing all that well, Tyler Toffoli has been really good. Um, it's no shock that Daryl Sutter just keeps throwing him out there. He's going to get a ton of opportunities at even strength and on the power play. I'm looking for him to go over two and a half shots. Red hot. Um, all right. Edmonton and Vegas, two, you know, uh, superpowers of the uh, Pacific division here. Edmonton, this is a back-to-back, so they beat Arizona the other night. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Vegas has – they're not going to be they're, – sorry, they're going to be without Mark Stone, they're going to be without William Carrier and Riley Smith, so they're a bit depleted. But it's uh, – th- these are two teams that are red hot right now that seem to be firing all cylinders. They, they're both you know, divisional rivals. Uh, they could potentially meet in, uh, in, in the playoffs at, at some point. This is, uh, this is an exciting matchup. Yeah, this is super fun. It's the McEichel Bowl. Um, yeah. I'm so happy that we get that more often now that they're in the same division. Uh, Connor McDavid, speaking of, only has two points in his last two games. And I know that would be great. Like, for wow, anybody. that's really good for pretty much anybody else. But his over under point line is two and a half. I don't think he's getting three points tonight. So I'm going to I'm going to bet against that. I wonder if 70 might be out of reach now. Um, now watch him go get a hat trick tonight. Um, mm-hmm. But Edmonton, like you said, they aren't a back-to-back. They beat Arizona last night. Um, Edmonton is favored to win, even though they've traveled. I'm not sure that I'm necessarily buying that. Their goaltending, Stuart Skinner has been really good since mm-hmm. the beginning of January. Jack Campbell very much has not. Um, and so you're really depending on the Edmonton goaltending showing up. Um, Obviously, Vegas is still without Logan Thompson. They're rolling with Brossois and Jonathan Quick. Has not been announced which goalie is starting at the recording of this podcast. Um, I think we could be in for a really high-scoring game tonight. Honestly, I think this is probably going to be one of the best games of the night, if not the best game. Um, and so this is probably a game that I would stay away from and just enjoy. It's Don't stress yourself out betting on this game. Just enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, and then to round out the uh, the slate here, we got Winnipeg and San, and San Jose. San Jose, obviously, a team that they know their playoff hopes are, you know, they're they've been fluttered away, you know, a long time ago. They're just having fun, trying to gear up for next season. Whereas Winnipeg, they're on the verge of an eighteen wheeler off the cliff here. Just a terrible uh, collapse. Obviously, no Cole Perfetti. He's been ruled out for a while. But I mean, the, Winnipeg, they're seven and thirteen in uh, in their last twenty. Hellebuck is struggling. He's under nine hundred in in March, and we're on March twenty eighth right now. So that's basically the entire month. Um, can they can they turn it around against a weak opponent? Because they basically have to. Yeah, they don't really have a choice, right? You're looking at this, and yeah, they don't have Cole Perfetti, but they haven't had him for a while, so that's not really an excuse. Yeah. But Winnipeg is seven and thirteen in their last twenty games. That is Terrible. absolutely ridiculous for a team that at All Star was battling Dallas 
for the Central Division lead. Now, both of those teams have fallen out. And Connor Hellebuck, like you pointed out, he's got an 897 in March. That is awful. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and blame Connor Hellebuck because he was propping up the Jets for the majority of the season. The guy is probably tired. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if David Riddick got a start tonight, though. Um, you are playing against San Jose, who uh, has their own struggles. Um, Nikolai Ehlers is playing in the bottom six. Nobody knows why. I cannot come up with a single explanation as to why that might be. And so I look at that. I'm like, if Nikolai Ehlers is playing in the bottom six, he's going to be playing against AHL caliber players. I like him to get a point against AHL caliber players. Um, the other guy I like to get a point, and this is going to shock you, Mike. Eric Carlson might get a point tonight. The 100 point defenseman? No way. Yeah. Although, you know, like people are telling me that that doesn't count because San Jose is bad. I'm like, you can put up 100 points as a forward and people are like, oh my goodness, what a season. As a defenseman, think about, we were talking about Roman Yossi last year because Nashville was on the playoff cusp. If we were talking about San Jose in that same fashion this year, I don't think Connor McDavid's the unanimous Hart Trophy winner. And so for me, yeah, like you're voting on these trophies and I look at this and I think Eric Carlson, with the way Winnipeg's playing right now, he's primed to put up at least one or two points tonight. Yeah. It, it's it's not Carlson's fault that San Jose, you know, has built a bad team around him. He's doing a yeah, great job. Like, like, McDavid is playing with Dreisaitl and Kane and Nugent Hopkins. And last year, Yossi had Duchesne and Philip Forsberg. And Eric Carlson is playing with, Mario uh, Ferraro and, <laughs> and Logan Couture and Thomas yeah. Hurdle, which like no disrespect to them, but like they're not dry sidle. Exactly. He's doing great. So yeah, so this will be an interesting matchup. So uh, pretty much everyone on, on, on this slate. Well, Rachel, this is, uh, uh, we hope we have, we have teed up this, this lovely uh, night of hockey well enough for everyone. Uh, obviously use BetMGM for all your betting needs. Um, and bet responsibly. That's the, the best uh, The best thing is it, to, to leave you guys with. Rachel, anything you want to leave our lovely listeners and viewers with before they, uh, they get set for a great night of hockey? It's great to be back. we got 10 games tonight. Like Mike said, bet responsibly. Uh, don't feel obligated to take any, anything or everything that we went through. Um, this is mainly meant to be educational, and so don't feel pressured uh, to do any of that. Overbetting is one of the ways that you can find yourself in trouble, and so... Um, if you feel like you're getting to that point, um, maybe it's best to take a break. Otherwise, bet responsibly um, and be kind to yourself.